Amen. You may be seated tonight. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're just going to spend a few moments in the Word preparing our hearts for the Lord's table. And as I often do with the Lord's table, I try to just focus in on a singular thought about the suffering of our Lord. And tonight, the word that jumped out at me as I was reading the scriptures is the word betrayed. Betrayed. I understand tonight that as we gather around the Lord's table, the Lord Jesus Christ would say, this is my body, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me, speaking of the bread. And then he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this is the New Testament of my blood, this do as often as you do it in remembrance of me, and we are to drink of the cup in remembrance of his shed blood. But I want to say tonight that as we consider the suffering of our Savior, it's not all physical. I think about as the Lord cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we think about the Lord, God the Father, turning away his face from our Savior, Jesus Christ, because he bore upon himself the sins of the world. And that sense of loss that Jesus had never experienced before in that very moment. But I want to suggest to you tonight, there was also another time of suffering, and it was the time that the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. I want you to just focus in on that for the next few moments as we think about his betrayal and, and, and what took place in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ through that. And I will try, if I can, to bring out a few thoughts uh, surrounding his betrayal that might help us understand what the Lord may have been feeling. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 26 tonight. Matthew chapter 26, and we're just going to jump through and read a few sections of this scripture tonight. But look at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is what? Betrayed to be crucified. We come to the Lord's table and we focus upon the, 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 the shed blood and the broken body, the act of crucifixion. And sometimes we'll mention the scourging upon his back and the crown of thorns and the, 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 the spear that pierced his side. And we'll talk about his physical suffering. But the Lord Jesus Christ made mention of his betrayal. He brought it out before the people. He says, the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people under the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. And they consulted that they might have Jesus, uh, might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. And they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now jump down to verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests. And said unto them, we, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. By the way, the word deliver there is the exact same Greek word as the word betrayed. What is it that you will give to me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Look down at verse 47. Verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, 
Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to gather around this table tonight. And we do pray, Lord, that you would use it as a tool in our lives to draw us closer to the Savior. As we remember the crucifixion and the broken body and shed blood, may we also recall some of the other events that surrounded uh, this terrible moment in history. The moment that Christ, the Son of Man, the Savior of the world, was crucified. And yet it is also... In the mind of a child of God, the greatest thing that could ever have happened, for it saved us from our sins, for those who simply believe. So Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. I need your help. I pray, (coughs) excuse me, you'd sustain my voice. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just fill us each with the Holy Spirit of God, that we might hear from you and know the scriptures and apply them to our hearts. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I suppose that everyone in this room could say at some point in your life that you felt betrayed. You know, there's something about it that we all can point to something and say, whether it was small or minor, and maybe it was something that we overreacted on, that's possible, I suppose, but we just think that person or that somebody betrayed us. We may not even have all the facts. Sometimes we feel betrayed and we don't even know the other side of the story or everything that was said or went down, but we, we all understand what that feeling of betrayal is. But here's the thing. None of us in this room, none of us have been betrayed unto death. None of us, or we wouldn't be here, obviously. There are some in this world that have been betrayed unto death. There are some in this world that have been martyrs for the faith and others that were betrayed by other people. And and so they may understand a little bit more of what Jesus went through being betrayed unto death. But Jesus' betrayal, I believe, was unique in that he was betrayed by a friend. Somebody who would kiss him on the cheek and and, and the Lord Jesus Christ announced to others, uh, he said, friend, whom do you seek? As he was speaking to Judas. The Lord had knowledge of this betrayal far in advance. This was not some recent development that took place, but for many, uh, uh, many times he addressed the disciples now, he'd say, I would be betrayed and crucified. I will be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinners. I'll be betrayed and I will die at Jerusalem. And over and over again throughout the Gospels, we see the Lord Jesus Christ knew about this betrayal, and yet he walked side by side with the one who would betray him. And he expressed his love towards Judas. In a way, I believe that Judas never knew that Christ knew who he was. I want you to notice, first of all, tonight, the prophecy of this betrayal. I've just mentioned by way of introduction that the Lord knew what was going to take place when it came to this betrayal. And we read several verses in Matthew chapter 17, verse 22. It says, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of of men. That's some nine chapters earlier, and the Lord already knew earlier on in his ministry that someone would betray him, and I believe he knew that it would be Jesus or Judas. 
In John chapter 17, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is praying for his disciples and he says, I have not lost any of them, save the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. He knew that Judas would betray him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 18, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. In Matthew chapter 26, we just read, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. And one last time in verse 15 of our text, he said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they coveted him with 30 pieces of silver. That word deliver means to betray the Lord knew that Judas would betray him. Can you imagine walking side by side with the one that you knew would deliver you to be crucified? There's some interesting things that surround that whole idea about the prophecy, and we'll look at that as well. But I want you to see, secondly, the punishment of betrayal. The punishment of betrayal. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 10, just back a few pages. I want you to see some things about this punishment of betrayal. First of all, we see a stigma. A stigma. Now look at verse 10. Now I want, you, I want to be clear about something. I'm going to say a few things about Judas tonight. Uh, we are not here to focus on Judas. We are here to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. But in order to understand what Jesus was going through, the two lives have intersected and are intertwined forever. <coughs> For this act of betrayal took a man to deny the Lord Jesus Christ and to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. And look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. It says, <coughs> excuse me. This is early on in his ministry. And it says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. And and the names of the 12 apostles are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labaeus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also, what? Betrayed him. This is not a prophecy. This was written after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But as Matthew penned these words and was recording the 12 disciples, the Holy Spirit provoked his heart to write these words, Judas, who would betray him. What a stigma to follow him. How many of you, let me ask you this, how many of you when you were choosing baby names for your children thought about the name Judas? There's just certain names we stay away from, isn't there? How about Jezebel? Anybody think about that, Jezebel? Now, I've had a dog or two I've wanted to name Judas or Jezebel, but never a child because there's a stigma about those names. And if we look throughout history, we, we read about Rahab, what? The harlot. And we read about Judas, the one who betrayed him. What a stigma. I don't know in and of itself if that is a punishment, but I, I would not be one to be labeled. It is the, the very scarlet letter of the scriptures that we see that Judas is labeled. When we think about the one who, uh, the murderer, we think about Cain. When we think about an adulterer, we think about David. But Judas will forever be linked with the one who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only do we see that a stigma about him, we see a sentence that is involved. Look, if you will, in John. Look at John chapter 19. 
I'm going to jump around so that we can see this full picture tonight. In John chapter 19, we see a sentence laid out. We now come to where the Lord Jesus Christ is on trial before Pilate. And the Bible says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Isn't that hard to read? Isn't that hard to digest? (laughs) Read it again. I mean, we are here to remember tonight, right? Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Pilate had a funny way of showing what an innocent man looked like. By scourging him and plaiting a crown of thorns and beating them with their hands. Verse 5, Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard the saying, he was more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Now listen to verse 11. Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin." Pilate has just got through having Jesus scourged, placing a crown of thorn upon his head and beating him in the face. And Jesus said, what you just did is not near as bad as the fellow who betrayed me. His sin is far greater than yours. Consider that. How much this betrayal must have stung the heart of Jesus. We see the stigma and we see the sentence as we think about the punishment of betrayal. But I want you to consider for a few moments tonight the pain of betrayal. The pain of betrayal. Turn back to Matthew and look at chapter 27, just following where we left off reading. Matthew chapter 27. We'll look at the very next verse, verse 1. The pain of betrayal. And again, we are not here to remember Judas as much, except that they're intertwined. But I want you to just think for a moment, Judas's pain. You know, when betrayal comes, it doesn't just hurt the one we betray. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. When they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. 
saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. In all the Gospels, as it records this story, Judas has never said the word betrayed until now. He said, I will deliver him to you. But now he says, I have betrayed the innocent blood. Verse 5, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. In the context of all that is going on, great pain and suffering came not just to Jesus, but to Judas. And Judas would go off into a Christless eternity. You say, you don't believe Judas was saved? Jesus called him the son of perdition. I don't believe he ever knew Christ as his savior. But more importantly tonight, as we talk about the pain of betrayal, I want you to see not just Judas's pain, but Jesus's pain. And that's really what we need to think about tonight and focus on is the the pain that Jesus experienced. Did I mention already that he spoke often of it? Every time the Lord Jesus Christ said the Son of Man will go to be crucified or he'll go to Jerusalem and die, every time he said he will be betrayed. He'll be betrayed. It's interesting to note that he never says I'll be tried, put on trial. He never says I'll be scourged or they'll put a crown of thorns on my head. Because that was not normal with the crucifixion. He never says, I'll be spit upon or my beard plucked or I'll be slapped. He never says any of those things. He says, I'll be betrayed, I will die, or I'll be betrayed, and I'll be crucified. I think the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ says it so often is that his heart is broken. That one he tried so desperately to reach for over three years would spit in his face and betray him. His betrayal, his pain. Look at Matthew chapter 26 in the text that we were reading earlier. And look, if you will, in verse 47. Sorry, look, just jump down. Yeah, read verse 47. And while he had spake, lo, Judas, Judas one of the twelve, came. With him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. Judas was close enough to Jesus that he could show him affection. That he could walk right up to him and he could kiss him in the, in the tradition of the Mideast to kiss on each cheek. And he kissed him. And Jesus said, Unto him, verse 50, friend, friend. The crucifixion was carried out by Rome in a corrupt religious system hungry for power. The betrayal was carried out by one Jesus called a friend. I'm not making any point tonight in making application necessarily. I just wanted us to stop and think for a few moments about the betrayal and about what it might have meant to the Lord Jesus Christ and how it must have pierced his heart and soul to be hurt by a friend. But as I consider that pain and suffering, I have to ask myself sometimes, how much have I betrayed the Lord for? How many times have I sold him out? I'm not going to belabor the application tonight, but I think we can make that application very easily on our own. Allow it to speak to our hearts tonight. I'm going to invite the men to come and gather around the Lord's table as we observe tonight. And if I can encourage you tonight as we consider the broken body and the shed blood, 
Would you also consider the scourging, the crown of thorns, the mockery, (coughs) the injustice, and yes, the betrayal by a friend?